Hockey's back. We have a practice. The GM and the coach making lots of interesting comments. And, oh, how sweet it is. A juicy trade rumor to talk about. Trevor Zegris. Let's get into it here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, and thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including on our YouTube channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Sabres have taken the ice for training camp. We have lots of comments, interesting from the GM and the coach, as well as a lot of players as well. And most importantly to me, we have the juiciest trade rumor imaginable for the first day of training camp that you could really ever fathom. Trevor Zegris of the Anaheim Ducks being connected to the Buffalo Sabres. We'll get into Zegris a lot a little bit, little bit later on in the second and the third segment of today's episode. At Sneaky Joe Sports, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at Sabres for the podcast account. And again, you can check us out on our YouTube channel where you can watch the show. Uh, So be sure to do that and get connected with us via Twitter or on the YouTube channel, however you might want to do it. We have a lot to get to, though, today, so let's jump right into it, starting with the Sabres' first day of camp. On the next episode, we'll get into line combinations and pairings a little bit more. Um, Won't have as much time for that today. Uh, And, you know, I would like to see – I didn't get to go down to the arena today. I know I saw from Lance Lysowski, Paul Hamilton, and all the Sabres beat guys, different line combos, different pairings. I'd like to – I'm going to go see practice myself tomorrow, and then um, I would like to, you know, give a first-hand look uh, at what's happening. And two days of information, better than one. So we'll do all that on tomorrow's episode. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Especially with a a trade rumor today, hey, that's going to eat up a lot of content on today's show. Um, and I'm glad to have that happen. Also on the next episode, by the way, Pat Kane. We'll do that on the next show, though. There's a report about that. I'm not happy about it. But it's all right. It's all right. We're happy today. We're happy today because hockey is back. All the players are back on the ice. There were some, you know, big moments, I would say, on the ice in terms of uh, some wow plays from Zach Benson and others. Um, again, I didn't see that firsthand, but we can get to that a little bit later on. But before practice, we heard from Kevin Adams. We heard from Don Granado media day uh, for a lot of people. Kyle Poso spoke as well, Sabres captain. And I think we heard a very common theme amongst everybody, the captain, the coach, and all the way up to the GM. The GM really kicked things off on Thursday morning. The, everybody willing to talk expectations. That was a big change from the end of last year. At the end of last year, There was none of that. None of, you know, Adams wouldn't even admit. In fact, Adams, not. I'm not necessarily saying this is a criticism, but this is a fact. Like, he almost got perturbed by the idea. uh, One reporter asked, like, was missing the playoffs a lost opportunity? And Adams, like, got, you know, a little annoyed at that. And I was always like, really? Like, of course it's a missed opportunity. Like, every, all the experience you could get for these young players, the playoffs is just another opportunity for that. It's, Hey, 
You've just now this this is a new thing you won't have to go through for the first time in the future is all of these young guys being together in the playoffs and an opportunity for the fans to have it end. Um, but anyways, I don't need to get into that too much because what we heard on Thursday was a lot about the playoffs. Adam saying that the goal is to win the Stanley Cup, but further, furthermore, he talked about not being afraid, the players not being afraid to say the words, that yes, the goal, the journey to reach that cup is all on the getting better day by day and some of the the cliches that you hear. But he did talk about players shouldn't be afraid to talk about the playoffs um, and to talk about the expectations. He also said the window is open. Those words came out of the GM's mouth on Thursday morning, which has me super excited, not just because we didn't know it. I think we all did. But you do like to hear your or the organization echo that sentiment and recognize that. And I do think Adam's feeling comfortable to talk about the window being open. And in addition to the cliches of, hey, we've got to get better day by day, win the little battles, stack wins. You know, you hear that from every coach and GM. But the insecure coaches and GMs, the guys that are been in the back of their minds, a little worried about their job security, those guys don't talk about the expectations at all. They only talk about the getting better day by day. And Adam's being willing to go even further with, yeah, like day by day, but also gold win the Stanley Cup. Expectations, talking about the playoffs, our window being open. That shows me a GM that has no insecurity about his job or the way things are going with his organization and that he has an expectation that they will make it to the playoffs this year, even if he doesn't want to say it that frankly. Don Granado talking the same way. Um, Granado very openly saying that he thinks the fact that the team went through a playoff race last year, that added experience will be enough to get them to the playoffs this year. I like the example he used of like, there were some being willing to talk about, there were some, you know, games where they would lose and they would carry that loss into the next game. And that going forward, Hey, if you lose game number 52, you're not out of it, you know, get reset. Don't carry that loss with you into game number 53. Um, Because last year, you went through a couple of funks and you still had a chance right up into the very end. It's a long haul to make it through the playoffs. So loved what I heard from Granado. Loved what I heard from Adams on the playoff and the expectation um, comments. We did also hear from Kevin Adams on both a Rasmus Dahlin and an Owen Power contract. And I got the sense... That Kevin Adams wants the Darlene contract especially done before the regular season. He did point to, hey, we've signed we've signed Dylan Cousins midseason. And that, that could be a thing. And it's not a panic mode. It's not the end of the world if Darlene doesn't sign by the start of the season. But he did talk about some players being different. And, you know, for some guys, maybe it's a distraction. He just sounded like he wants that done. He wants that buttoned up, and he sounds like someone that would have liked it done already, Um, but again, not in panic mode, and it's just going through the negotiation. He did talk about how he was on the phone with the agents of both Power and Darlene for a very long time on Wednesday night. Um, He's got one year left on his contract also, and Darlene said that. I've got one year left on my contract, so I'm not worried. Um, Everyone seems committed to getting a deal done pure speculation on my part. I guess not pure because we did have Andrew Peters late last week, 
talk about that Darlene wants a five-year contract. The Sabres want to sign an eight-year contract. That's what I think is happening. I'd be surprised if that wasn't what was happening. Like salary to me is pretty easy to figure out. There are a million comparables to slot him in around that Makar money, that Fox money, a little below that Carlson money. Um, But to me, it's got to be about the term. Because if I'm the Sabres, I want to sign him to an eight-year deal and get him locked up the same way I did Thompson and Cousins and get that team-friendly contract. And if I'm Dalene, I only want to sign a five-year contract because I want to I want to become I want to hit my next contract at age 28, not at age 31. If I go five, 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 I can get three big contracts in my career. I can get one at 23, one at 28, and one at 33. Versus I sign an eight-year deal, bring myself to 31. I mean, I might be limiting myself to two big extensions if I do it that way. So I think Darlene, if I was Darlene's agent, I would be pushing hard for five years. I have to imagine that the term is what they're going through um, right now. Um, The exact quote from Adams, I've explained to their camps and individually how important they are to this franchise, how we feel about them, and we want them here long term. They've clearly indicated to me that this is where they want to be, and they believe in this team and believe in the direction we're headed, and that's where we're headed. Over the last week, I'd say with both, the talks have been more intense and more frequent, and even as recent as last night was on the phone with both agents for a long time. So negotiations are ongoing. I might want to guess that it's going to happen before the season, um, although it would be a pure guess at this point. One last comment to talk about that Kevin Adams made that I very much disagree with on this day. I think he's just saying this to say this, but he said he thinks his goaltending position is a strength and that they have three NHL goaltenders. To me, that is not true. On paper, and if you look at the resumes of the three goaltenders they have right now, there's no argument they have three NHL goaltenders. None. They have an argument that they have one. Devin Levi, and that's even only based on a seven-game sample. I think it's it's right, though, because of how good he looked and what his development track was before that. I do think it's undoubtedly true that Devin Levi's an NHL goaltender. What evidence do we have that Ukapeka Lukanen or Eric Comrie are NHL goaltenders? Because with Lukanen, I don't have evidence from his NHL play that he's an NHL goaltender, and I don't even have evidence from his AHL play that he's an NHL goaltender. Whole reason he's in the NHL is because of where he was drafted and the team he's on not having any goaltenders. If Ukapeka Lukanen was on any other team in the league, almost any other, 25 to 30 other teams in the league, he still wouldn't have debuted in the NHL because he has not proven along the way that he's ready for the next step. He's taken the next steps out of necessity of the club. That's it. So to me, there is not an argument yet that Lucan is an NHL goaltender. Doesn't mean he can't progress this year. But to this point, you don't have that evidence. And with Eric Comrie, even that's a tough sell. Because Eric Comrie has been a pro hockey player for seven years. And he's had one good NHL season where he played only 19 games. Otherwise, I mean, he's played 47 games in his career. And 38 of those are in the last two seasons. Uh, Before that. One game, three games, one game, three games, one game. This guy's been an AHL goaltender for five years, had two years, one as a backup in Winnipeg where he did great, and another in Buffalo where he was not playing at an NHL caliber level. He was playing at an AHL caliber level. Okay, one year out of seven as a pro hockey player has he been an NHL quality goaltender. The other six, he's been an AHL quality goaltender. So I think that is just Adams saying what he has to say because he doesn't have another goalie. And I think he's got to spin it as, hey, this was the plan all along. 
I don't believe that. I want to believe that they looked around the market and realized there's no real good ideas out here for a goaltender. So why don't we just stick with what we got? It's the best of a, a the best of a bad situation when it came to the goalie market this offseason. That's what I think happened because I think it is ludicrous to think that there are three NHL goaltenders on this roster. They really probably only have one, and you're hoping one of the other two can be a second. Time out here when we come back. Trevor Zegras, what a juicy rumor to have. The Ducks, not one I expected at all. We'll get into it. Does he make sense for the Sabres? Why are the Ducks doing this? And where would he fit in the lineup? Should they pull it off? And what would it mean for their long-term cap picture, too? Because they'd have to pay him. All that ahead here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by Bird Dogs. I love Bird Dogs. It is the fall season. And if you know one thing about me, I am all about fall. The best season, the elite season. And I love golf in the fall as well. So when you're golfing in the fall, like it gets a little chilly for shorts. The golf joggers. Gotta have the golf joggers. And I wear them now in every situation. I Maybe I've gone too far with this, but I wear golf joggers in every situation. And I get my golf joggers at Bird Dogs. But it's not just golf joggers. Plenty of shorts options as well. Most popular, the Bird Dogs khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they actually fit way better than Lululemon. Bird Dogs... Fix the issue of regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches, so it gives you a way slimmer look without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs are functional. Again, any occasion. It's not just golf. You got a date. You got uh, an, an evening work outing. Uh, the, by the pool, even. You know, working out, lounging, work. Like, so many options for you. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or enter the promo code locked on NHL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free water bottle at checkout. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. First day of training camp for the Sabres is in the books. First preseason game on Sunday against the Washington Capitals. What a rumor. Renault Lavoie, my favorite name to say in the hockey media. Renault Lavoie, TVA Sports in Quebec, hockey insider, one of the trusted hockey insiders, by the way. Um, you know, he's on that Friedman level. Like when when he says something is happening, like very people very much listen to it. Trevor Zegris. He apparently is available. The Anaheim Ducks don't want to pay him. And the team that that Renault Lavoie connected to Zegers is being interested in this player was the Buffalo Sabres. And what's very interesting, sometimes you see a list of teams that are interested. Go look at what Lavoie reported. There's no other team mentioned. Like Ottawa, he mentioned with Shane Pinto being in the same position, but that he didn't mention Ottawa for Zegers. He only mentioned the Sabres, which that's interesting in its own right. Not even like oh, these teams could be interested, like he mentioned the Sabres. Why is he available, if he is available, if we believe this to be true? Well, I think it's a pretty simple reason. The Ducks are dumb. That too harsh? The Ducks are dumb. The Ducks, here's, here's a better way to say it. The Anaheim Ducks are not a serious organization. Right now, 
They are not a serious organization at all. They are bottom of the barrel in the NHL. It seems that they have an internal salary cap and that they don't care the same way other teams care and even the Sabres care about winning at all. Lavoie reported the Ducks are offering Trevor Zegers, who keep in mind, this is a player that is 22 years old, was a top 10 pick, showed up, had highlight reel goals all over, has become a star. Now, some of that is because of the highlight reel goals, but he was on the cover of the NHL game and has had a 61-point season and a 65-point season on a horrible hockey team, by the way. He's done that. Second in the Calder voting two years ago, Trevor Zegers. That player, they are reportedly offering, according to Lavoie, between 3 and $4 million per year. I mean, that's not a serious organization. If I'm Zegris' agent, I don't even tell him about that offer. Or if I'm Zegris and I find out about it, I'm not talking to that team anymore. You're not serious. Three and four million dollars. I'm a top 10 pick that had 60 plus point seasons in each of my first two years. What, what are you talking about? Dylan Cousins, like I actually personally think Cousins right at this point is a little bit of a better player than Zegris, but they're in the same tier. Dylan Cousins has got $7.1 million. And like, all right. I don't even need to have more than him, but you're offering me half, less than half. That's that's so disrespectful. That, that the Ducks man, I I think that's why that he might be available. Is he's probably looking at the team like, are you? What are you doing? Are you drunk? Three to four million dollars a year? Are you crazy? I think it's insane for that they even mention that number, or for them to think that that's realistic for him. So that's not a real. That's not a sane organization. And. What Frank Saravelli of Daily Faceoff added to this report is that the Ducks don't want to pay Zegras or anybody more than Troy Terry. They believe Troy Terry is their best player, which is actually fair. Like Terry had a very strong year last year. Um, and as much as I love Zegras, like Terry, you know, it's arguable that he's a better player. He got $7 million. They don't want to give anybody north of $7 million. Okay. Well, you're already setting a limit there. And if I'm Zegras, I'm thinking I'm worth more than $7 million. I'm not maybe I'm worth eight, but a little more than seven, or I'm worth at least seven. But I just, man, I hate the precedent that sense. I won't, you won't pay anyone more than $7 million a year. It's not like that's a lot. You know, did the Sabres, are they unwilling to pay Darlene more than 7.2 because Thompson is their their most effective player? I, I don't know. Uh, I just think it's it's crazy what the Ducks are doing right now. And Zegras, again, great player. I like the player. It's not just the high-rate Leo plays, one of which happened against the Sabres where he put the puck in his stick, flipped it over the net uh, for a goal. Um, but this is an effective player. The point totals are there to show it. He's a very dynamic offensive player. He's a great stick handler, um, and he has the combination of both playmaking and finishing ability. Uh 11.7 shooting percentage for his career, exactly 23 goals in each of his first two years. But the assist total went up last year, 42 versus 38 the year prior. Some of his advanced numbers, I like using Andy and Rono hockey stats for some of this stuff um, because they rate things out of 100. Offensive rating, they give Zegers overall an 87 out of 100. Transition game, they give him a 67 out of 100. But where he's very much lacking is defense with an 11. An 11 out of 100. Maybe some of that is team-related. He's on a horrible team that's always in their own end. Um, but Zegers is a very good, very good offensive player. At 22 years old, oh, Ducks, man. Not smart. All right, let's believe it. Sabres are in on Trevor Zegers. Let's say it's true. 
how does it work? What do the Sabres would have to give up? What, considering what we know about the Ducks situation, and how would he fit for what they need and where he would go in the lineup? We'll get into what it means from a Buffalo perspective, um, this this idea, when we come back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. We are presented by Athletic Greens. How I start my morning every day. I'm an early riser. I'm, I'm waking up at 445 every morning for that 6 a.m. radio show. So I got to be ready to go. And I, to be ready to go, I got to have all my multivitamins. Makes me feel a lot better throughout the day. Might even just be mentally. Like just the, the feeling of I, I got all my stuff this morning. Um, and I'm not lacking on that front. I drink it. You've got the shake options. You've got the drops. You just put them in your water, or your coffee. You don't even notice it's there. It's quick and easy to do it that way. Since I've been drinking AG1, I've been noticing an overall feeling of health. Um, AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. Science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. AG1 raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. AG1 helps you build your health foundation first. Right now, if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs for on-the-go. I use those very good. If I'm late for work or I want to make sure I get to the the station a little bit early, uh, just grab the travel pack and go. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. AG1. Check it out. Final segment here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast, Trevor Zegers trade rumor from Renault Lavoie of TVA Sports. Would love to see this happen for the Sabres. He will not be able to wear number 11. That's for, for sure. Uh, if he gets traded to the Sabres. Um, he did wear 46 in his rookie year, though. He switched to 11 last year. 46 is available, I think. But anyways, how would he fit for the Sabres? Well, let's start with what the price would be. What we know about the Ducks is they don't want to pay anybody. That's what we know. They don't want to pay anybody. They're cheap. It seems they're cheap. All right. Well, they don't want Dylan Cousins. I don't want to trade Dylan Cousins anyway. I just told you I think Cousins is a slightly better player than Zegras at this point in time. Uh, okay. So what do they want? They don't. They probably don't want Middlestat because they'll have to pay him in a year. They want prospects and picks. They're, they're still in a tanking phase. They're still in a rebuilding phase, expected to be one of the worst teams in the NHL. And the Sabres have a plethora of uh, first-round forward talent. Um, so to me, that's the easy starting point. You take one or two of those first round prospects and you package them together in a Trevor Zegers trade. And listen, we, 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 we fall for these guys, right? Like I'm falling for Zach Benson. We fallen for Yuri Kulik and the potential Savoy, Noah Osland. If you want him on top of all this, Isaac Roseanne or Rosine, I guess is what Adams called him today. And we're always back and forth with his last name pronunciation. Listen, all these guys can't make the team. All these guys won't develop in the first place into becoming great players, but let's say they do. Let's say every one of these first-round guys, Benson, Kulik, Savoy, Oslin, and Rosine, they all become good NHL players. There's not room for them all. There just isn't. So at some point, there will have to be a consolidation where they pick the most important and they ship off the others in two-for-one trades to get better. That's what you want to do, right? Like, I got all this depth, all this, this these resources, two-for-one. And in this case, it would, to me, be Let's cash in on the potential two maybes or even two probablys for a one definite. That's to me what it would be. Let's trade. It doesn't have to be the big hitters. You want to do no try offer him Noah Osland and Isaac Rosine. All right. Two maybes or two, you know, good chances to a definitely. 
I know Trevor Zegers is a great player. Right now, this is another way to approach it mentally. If I told you either Isaac Rosine or Noah Oslin would become Trevor Zegers, you would sign up for it on the dotted line in a heartbeat. If I told you right now either Zach Benson or Matthew Savoy would turn into Trevor Zegers, you'd probably say the same thing. Maybe it's different depending on the guy there because Benson, there's more hype. Maybe you want to do one of those prospects in a first-round pick plus a, a depth prospect or something, a throw-in along the way. Or maybe you just want to do two of those prospects. You know, Benson and Oslin. Pick your combination. Um, one of the good guys and one of the, the top, top prospects and one of the just below pro- – I don't know what you want to do. But to me, a two or a three-for-one type deal for a team that is already loaded at forward. Like Paterka, Quinn, all these guys are here. Krebs, like there's there's already not a lot of room. And you've got you've got five to six to seven guys that are on the way. And you've got two spots, three spots for them. Two for one, three for one. I love the mentality of that trade. I think the Sabres are a perfect trade partner for what the Ducks would want and to give them options. Both teams would have options for what you want to do. How would Zegers look in the lineup? Like, this is the, the big question about him. Do they need Zegers? Because in theory, no. They don't need Zegers. They were a top five scoring team in the NHL last year. They couldn't get saves, and they couldn't stop anybody defensively. Trevor Zegers doesn't solve either one of those problems. But here's what I'll say. Sabres haven't won anything yet. You can't turn away opportunities for great talent like that until you've actually won something. And they've it's not like they haven't addressed the other, you know, Levi is going to play here this year. And they have Clifton and they have Johnson. Like they've made some additions. I I I've I've loved the idea of Don Granado just give the man as much firepower as possible. Yeah, okay, you were fourth in scoring last year. We'll go be first. You know what? Like you could still do better. And there might be regression coming for Alex Tuck and Jeff Skinner and T- Thompson. Like there could be for some of these guys. Everyone on the team got a career high last year. Is that going to maintain itself? Maybe it will, but it might not. And Zegers could offset some of that. So to me, just add more talent, more, 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 more scoring. Sure. Do I need it? Not necessarily, but it's not like it wouldn't help. Here's another way of approaching it. The Sabres were top five in scoring last year. If I told you Trevor Zegers played every game for them last year, would they have made the playoffs? Answer is yes. I think the answer is yes. Two more points. They might not have been more than like four more points, five more points um, with him on the team. But would they have had two more points with Trevor Zegers on the team? Ask yourself that question. Even with all the scoring they had, one more guy that you can rely upon night to night. Now, the other thing about Zegers is he's a center. And the Sabres are already loaded at center. They have Thompson. They have Cousins. They have Middlestat. They have Krebs. Zegers would be five centers in the NHL lineup already, not including any of the prospect guys. But centers can move to wing very easily. I know Krebs hasn't had a lot of success doing it, but a lot of guys can do it. You know, I saw someone compare it to, like, this Team Canada not put centers on their team because they have too many centers. Like, just go put as much talent as possible. If you got to move guys to the wing, you can. And we have a couple players we know can move to the wing on this team. Middlestat really has played played last year more on the wing after the, the faceoff than he did at center. So Middlestat already basically is a winger. And Cousins has shown he could play on the wing. You know, I don't need to move him to, to the wing, but... He did it for Team Canada at the World Championships and had a great success. He's talked about his versatility to do it. Um, and moving to the wing, or you could even just move Zegers to the wing, honestly, and I'd be fine with that. 
Cousins, until he develops defensively, I'm you can't say no, absolutely not to him moving to the wing. Because last year, he was so overrated as a defensive player. He was great offensively and amazing transitionally. But defensive zone, Cousins is not there yet. And until that happens or until that starts happening, uh, you can't just like, oh, no, you can never move him. You can never move him under any circumstance. No, you go go put him with Trevor Zegers. Have them rotate at center. I, I don't know. I would I think it's just it's more talent to put on a team that is yet to accomplish anything. And I, I think, you know, you have to be open to it on that front. One last part of the Zegers idea. What does it mean to their long-term salary cap picture? Because right now, no problems at, at, asked at all, right? But he needs a contract. He's an RFA. He does not have a contract at the moment. You need to sign him. A long-term extension for Zegers looks like what? I think it looks like what Cousins looks like. Seven or eight-year deal, seven to $7.5 million a year. That's what I think a, a Zegers contract means. And what that could mean with a Darlene contract on the way and a power contract on the way and eventually Quinn, eventually Paterka, eventually Levi, way further down, what it probably means to their cap picture is they got to say goodbye to Middlestat or Krebs. And that might already have to happen. I think Middlestat's the one I would really think about. But I'll say this. You know, you pay Zegers $7 million instead of paying Middlestat 5 5 I'm good with that. You know, Middlestat, Middlestat is good, no doubt. 59 points last year, which is not far behind Zegers. But Zegers is a more complete offensive player. And I think he is better. He's an upgrade. So, I, I again, maybe Krebs would be the guy you push out. Um, you find a way to do it. Maybe you can sign everybody. They still do have a ton of cap space, and they have Thompson on a team-friendly contract. They have Cousins on a team-friendly contract. Like They have so many good contracts, and they have no dead weight. Like The Oposo's contract is done. Skinner, yeah, they have the Skinner contract, but Tuck is on the team-friendliest contract ever. Also, there's so many entry-level deals. Like they Listen, they could fit the Zegers contract and probably fit a middle set extension. Then maybe you run into a wall after that. But I think they can make it work cap-wise. I think they can make it work in their lineup. And he is a very exciting talent. I like the idea. It's not perfect. It's it's a little bit forced, um, if you will. But, man, I think it makes a lot of sense on a lot of different fronts. Very exciting about the Trevor Zegers idea. And I would love to see the Sabres pull this off. And Adams, today, for the first time, talked about the idea of a big trade. He didn't come right out and say it, but he got asked about moves and he made a comment about, Hey, we be open to all moves. And then when he made the examples, he doesn't always go this far. They could either be an incremental move or, Hey, they could be a big ticket type of move, a big uh, splash move. And that's the first time I've really heard Adams mention that specifically. I hope it happens. I think it'd be super exciting if the Sabres signed Trevor Zegers. Um, yeah, so we'll see what ends up happening. The Ducks are dumb, just to say it again. I think that, not dumb. Dumb's not the right word. I, I think they're they're not a serious organization. That's there. I think that's so evident after reading all these reports about Zegers. Three to four million dollars. You're you crazy. You're crazy people. Come on. All right. Zegers. More on our next episode. For you everydayers, come back next time. I'll have some observations from the first two days of training camp, including some interesting defense pairings that have already started to happen, line combinations um, that we're seeing on the ice from Don Granato, and we have a report connecting the Sabres and Patrick Kane. That's out there. We'll talk about that on our next show. So stay tuned for that. Come back tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. 
Hit us up at Sneaky Joe Sports at Lockdown Sabres on Twitter or on the YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time here in the Lockdown Sabres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.